Welcome to the radio program, Why Paul? Bringing and interpreting the doctrine Jesus Christ presented through the Apostle Paul. Your hosts are Michael R. Mix and Michelle Mix of 14th Street Ministries. We are here to bring you the answers found in 2 Timothy, verse 2, and encourage you to teach and share this program with others. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Mix and Michelle Mix. Welcome this week and uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, can't believe it's already uh, Christmas week. Wow, that came. That sure seems like it came fast. Um, I'm your host, Michelle Mix. And I'm your host, uh, Michael Mix. And I'm your host, Pam Lampton. Okay, I'll open up in prayer and then we'll get started. All righty. All right. Jesus, um, dear Jesus, we thank you for all your blessings. We thank you for your grace and for dying on the cross for us to give us um, hope and eternal life um, just by us believing in you and having faith and without the works that um, that it were not required to do to have um, your salvation and your eternal life. So we thank you for that, Jesus, and we thank you for coming into this world um, to, um, you know, shine the light and um, help us to, you know, share with others and definitely through, you know, those who hear this program that will know that your um, salvation is real. And in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, um, now I think what we're doing is we're going to jump back into Romans 5. Yes, Romans 5, uh-huh. uh, 1 through 21, if we get that far. And that's the results of justification. Okay. So, we're going to go ahead and jump into that. Okay. First of all, I'd like to... Um, uh, explain why we teach the Word of God, uh, what the purpose is, and that we're not here trying to waste our time or whatever. But we have, as ambassadors for Christ, we have an obligation as believers. And at uh, 14th Street Ministries, we teach right division. Paul is the only one that has given instructions from the risen Christ uh, uh, instruction from the risen Christ on how to study the Word of God. And um, for for our learning and for our teaching and for our walk. In uh, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Uh, in times we have, we see in there it's prophets and evangelists, or prophets and apostles. The apostles and the prophets are no longer. And the reason for that is we now have the complete work of, uh, we have the Bible. So we have the Bible and it's complete and it's uh, for, its, uh, for our learning and for our teaching and for our needs for the ministry. And the, and, uh, what's left is evangelists, pastors, bishops, and elders, and teachers. Evangelists explain the purpose of an evangelist. An evangelist is not a person that goes and to a church, and he's there for a weekend or whatever to uh, build up the fellowship or whatever. An evangelist is a person that goes out, witnesses to a lost community, gets uh, 
uh, believers into the church. Then he develops uh, pastors and bishops and elders and teachers. He builds them up. They take over, and then the then the evangelist goes on and starts another church, like today we would call them maybe missionaries or whatever. Mm-hmm. So as pastors, bishops, elders, and teachers, and we have those responsibilities in the body, in a in a congregation. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. Well, go ahead. In, um, like um, Second Timothy three sixteen through seventeen tells us that. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, which means mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Yeah, we don't we don't compromise sound doctrine for unity. When you when you're giving when you're teaching sound doctrine, you are teaching unity. Okay? Mm-hmm. And Ephesians 4, 13 through 16, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man and unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the, sl- by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby we live we lie in wait to deceive, but we speak the truth in love, may grow, that we may grow into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body is fitly joined together and compacted, by which every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increased in sound doctrine, of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Christ is forming a body, and when when this body, this body of Christ, uh, that's that's being formed in, during this age of grace, this body, when this body is complete, then He'll come and take us out. So He's perfect. Want us to perfect the body? He wants us to give sound doctrine, so we're able to walk. In, in the ministry that we've been given. Yes, and <clears throat> why, and as we continue to, you know, discuss why at 14th Street we teach right division, um, also I see in uh, 1 Corinthians 1.10, it says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Yes, wanting us to have the mind of Christ. And the only way that we get that is to study the word, not just read the word, but study it, rightly dividing the word. And then in Romans 16, 17, now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them. And, and there again, we don't compromise we don't, for unity, we don't compromise sound doctrine. Okay. And then in Second Corinthians, again, it, it shows us that um, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered 
unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Okay. And um, Philippians 1.20, According to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be life or death. And, and when we get sound doctrine in and we get all the garbage out, get sound doctrine in, then Christ is able to shine through us for his glory. Yeah, and that, that brings back an important point, too. There's um, sound doctrine. There's always three important things that, that we do need to know that if it's teaching the virgin birth, yes. the crucifixion, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and that Jesus Christ is God. And those will be keys to whether or not the sound doctrine is being taught. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then, um, so then it brings us back to Romans 5. And so this is why, um, you know, part of why we, you know, teach, you know, our, um, what we're teaching is by rightly dividing. Um, and we're talking about the results of justification. So we're going to continue with that in Romans 5. Yeah, this would be all good news. Um, now it's uh, teaching us what we have to look forward to or whatever and what's happened to us when we became believers. The result of justification. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of the works that he did on the cross, now we have peace with God. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope over the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And the whole subject, one of the main subjects is, is love. His love for us and our obligation to our fellow man. And in okay. Romans 13, 8 through 10, Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Yeah, Christ, out of love, Christ died on the cross, shed his blood. He was buried and rose again. And he is inviting mankind to join him in that because he loved us, and, he, and that's how he proved his love to us, by the cross. Yeah, and in Romans 8, 1 through 27 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are, Christ, are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Yeah, we no longer, uh, there, we're no longer condemned. Once we become believers, 
we're justified and we're made righteous. And, there, and, and God is no longer condemning us because when he looks at us, he looks at Jesus Christ. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. Yeah, when, we're, when, when we become believers— our spirit is revived, and then we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And through our spirit, with the Holy Spirit, then we become a new creation, and we're alive and we're free. And, we have, and then we have a relationship with the God that created us. Yes. And for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. I'll take 9 through 15. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Yeah, that's kind of scary, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, how, how do you know that you have the Spirit of Christ in you? You're in, you're in Christ. Yeah, because the Word says so. Right, because yeah. you have to trust the Word and trust what God has told us. Yeah, it's not a feeling or a sign or anything like that. It's, it's what does the Word say. And it's mm-hmm. in the works. It's a right. Mm-hmm. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. That's the change right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Yeah, the Holy Spirit, we're filled when we're saved. Uh, when we believe the gospel, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, and then we're sealed. And that Holy yeah. Spirit lives in you. Yeah, we are a new creation, and um, yeah. the old man is dead and buried. Yeah, yeah you're right, and, and we're, we're a brand new creation, a new humanity. Mm-hmm. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, we shall die. But if you live, the Spirit do more mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. So that's talking, but the spirit is mortified, I mean, is disdained with the fleshly deeds. So our spirit actually guides us into a new life. Yeah, we're no longer guided by our fleshly desires. By the flesh, we're circumcised, and that's cut away. And now we're, our, our, our soul is guided by the spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, 
but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Yeah, and that's what we were just talking about a little bit ago about the Word of God tells us that. So, so if, if you're reading, if you read 15 again, read that again, will you? Pam? For ye are not received, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Mm-hmm. So that's a relationship because nobody calls any, Abba actually means in our terms, Daddy. Right. So that's it's a very close personal. relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what you guys call me? <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> if we like you. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> it depends <laughs> which day it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll start with 16. Yeah, okay. so we'll go into 16 and also seeing how with the uh, our Facebook uh, listeners, uh, they said that we have one somebody that says, um, it's also faith that tells you that you are in Christ. So back to that question is, how do we know that? How do we know that we have that spirit and that we're in Christ? Because of that faith. Yes, and faith actually, and faith alone. Yeah, and faith and faith alone. Yeah. And some one of our listeners also posted on our Facebook this week um, about, again, reminding us that of all the religions in the world, all the churches in the world, um, that um, Christianity is the only one who isn't going by works, and we are we we go by faith. Our mm-hmm. salvation is by faith. No other gods ever died for mankind. Right. So. And if you think about it, also, um, when I when I do, uh, I'm sitting in church and we're singing worship songs, or if I'm in my car singing worship songs. Um, how many other um, religions, how many other religions sing to their God that isn't Jesus Christ, sing worship songs and praise yeah. songs? Yeah. The, they don't. So, we'll um, come back to uh, number uh, verse 16 right after break. And so, we'll see you after break. All righty. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 14th Street Ministries is a listener-supported ministry. Your donations are most appreciated. You can make donations on our website at 14thstreetministries.com. Our goal is to preach the gospel to a lost and dying world. Our message is to lift the believer, teaching sound doctrine by rightly dividing the word of truth. We are a grace ministry. You can reach out to us by calling 314-243-3779 or by contacting us on the web at 14thstreetministries.com or follow our Facebook page. Look for 14th Street Online Bible Study. What's the difference between leaders who achieve exceptional results with ease and those who struggle to keep up? Tune in for Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. You'll discover the simple practices that are making the biggest difference to a leader's success today. You'll meet leaders who are bringing out the best in their teams. You'll gain practical strategies to lead yourself and others to high performance with ease. Leading on Purpose airs live Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the radio program why paul if you'd like to participate in today's program call in to 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 or send an email to michael r mix at 14th street ministries.com now back to why paul welcome back from break and i'm your host michelle mix and i'm your host michael mix and i'm your host pam lampton and just so for right before we jump back into Romans 5, um, and then I believe we're going to uh, questions. We usually do questions at this time. You think time. I'm going to have energy to jump? <laughs> yes. Um, okay. be, right before we do, um, just so our listeners know, who are we? So, um, so I'm Michelle Mix, you're Michael Mix, and you're Pam Lampton. So, um, Pam, Pam and I are sisters, and mm-hmm. then, uh, Michael Mix is our, our dad. So yeah. just all mixed up. Yeah. Yep. And you're my baby girls. Yes. <laughs> so so that's who we are. So thought thought I'd uh, bring that up to let everybody know who we actually are. So it's Pamela uh, Mix Lampton. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so I go ahead. Almost say that sometimes I forget. <laughs> yes. Uh, so um are we going to jump back we're in or do we we want to do the question right yeah. now? Yeah, let's do that question. We had a question last week on uh, Facebook Live as we were discussing, and somebody had put in, um, do babies go to heaven? And if so, do even the unborn babies go to heaven? Um, So we're going to cover that with free will and a child. Okay. And we'll start that with uh, how Christ deals with children in Matthew, Luke, and Mark. All right. So... Um, yeah, when, uh, when we're born, when the baby is conceived, when the egg is fertilized by the sperm, that becomes a human being. So there's no, no time element in the baby's in the womb that it becomes a child. It comes a child immediately when it's conceived. And, and we're talking about, um, will a child go to heaven when he dies, if he dies? Mm-hmm. Read Matthew nineteen thirteen fifteen, and we'll talk about what Christ thought of children. Then were they brought unto him little children, that he should put his hands upon them and pray, and the di- disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Suffer the little children, and forbid them not to come unto me, for for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them, and departed away uh, since. In Luke, um, these three verses are basically saying about the same thing, but Luke 18, 15 through 17, and they brought unto him also infants, that he would touch them. But when his disciples saw it, they rebuked him, rebuked them. But Jesus called them unto him and said, Suffer little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. 
Now, I'll tell you something right there. Mm-hmm. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall in no wise enter therein. And then in Mark uh, 10, 13 through 15, and they brought young children to him that he should touch them and his disciples rebuked, rebuked those things, rebuked that brought disciples, <laughs> rebuked those th- that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter, enter into them. So a child, uh, a child, until he becomes aware of right and wrong, mm-hmm. he's basically counted innocent um, in God's eyes, and they're very special to God. So d- did you have some... Uh, so I had a question for that. You know, that kind of goes along with that. Okay. Um, can a child choose life or death be, uh, before they understand gain or loss? So like, can they understand, can they make that decision? How about in John um, chapter 1, 12 through 13... Some examples of decisions that you'd have to make. Yeah. Okay. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Okay, you're saying there that somebody has to make a decision, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then a uh, verse from the Old Testament, Joshua Twenty four fifteen, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There again, can a baby choose? Can a baby understand that? Mm-mm. And then in Mark 8.34, it says, And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And in Romans 10.9-10, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Yeah, and a, and a baby can't even speak yet, right? Right. right. They have no comprehension right. of that. So in Deuteronomy um, thirty nineteen through 20, I call, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and thou, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, and he is thy life, and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land 
which the Lord sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. And, um, Dad, can you look up uh, Jeremiah 1.5? One of our listeners would like to see if that okay. um, helps better understand the free sure. will and a child. Jeremiah 1.5? Yes. Let's see here. To see if that, you know, helps us better understand um, have the free will in a child. Jeremiah um, chapter 1, verse 5. Be I f- before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Mm-hmm. And before thou comest forth out of thy womb, I sanctified thee. And I adorned thee, I ordained thee a prophet unto a nation. So he's talking about a prophet, but he's, uh, he's also saying he knew, he knew him or any other person. In the womb. In the womb. And they, that's significant if God is talking about a human that's in the womb that nobody can see. Right. And only the mother can feel that God ordained that prophet in the womb. And, you know, we think about um, the uh, Mary carrying Jesus, and she went to go visit her cousin. And who leaped mm-hmm. in the womb when they were in the presence of Mary and Jesus. John the Baptist. John the Baptist. So what a wonderful thing that God even uses a child in the womb. Mm -hmm. And see, John the Baptist was, it says at birth, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. God ordained that. Jesus Christ was God. Mm -hmm. So that meeting, those babies weren't outside the womb and didn't meet each other but they knew who each other were, how significant that is and how important that God puts on an infant. Yeah. But it's, it's um, Mary, Mary had an egg and God had a sperm, a divine sperm. And that sperm fertilized Mary's egg. That's the human side. And then you had the God side. So as soon as, those two met, that became a human being. Right, because you couldn't have the blood of a man. It had to be that's God. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. So Jesus, Yeah, the blood bloodline runs through the man. Yeah, Jesus was God in the flesh. Yeah, that's what you're talking about. He did not about. have God. He was, did not have a man's sinful nature in the blood. Right. Yeah, right. And that's what you were talking about earlier about the three things that you have to have the virgin birth, and then of course the uh, the crucifixion and the resurrection. But you had to have the uh, virgin birth to begin right. with. So that gives us the answer that a child, whether born and an infant or a child that's unborn that dies before they're born. Do they go to heaven? Yes. They do. Mm-hmm. Without that's comforting doubt. to yeah. That's yeah. And and you have and you have all the abortions and stuff that go on, millions of them. Those those children are going to heaven, which is good. The problem with abortion is the sin that the mother, the parents committing, and the ones that perform the abortion. 
that's mm-hmm. that's that's the part that's bad about it is that putting themselves in a compromised position uh, and sinning against God, right, and destroying that child. Yeah, but there's forgiveness. There's, there's forgiveness for them, and they can have mm-hmm. salvation, and they can be free from the guilt of that. Yes, because the word says so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Just like the thief on the cross, he just simply asked. Yep. Um, <laughs> right, right before he died, he didn't then get off the cross, go do all the works, and then get back on there to die. Right. He said, "At you know, at this time, you will you will be with me." In because he recognized who Jesus was. Yeah, that's right. Right. By faith. He had the faith. Th- mm-hmm. There you go again. It's always been by mm-hmm. faith. Yes. Sure. The other guy mocked him. Yeah. So if we go back to uh, Romans 5, and we're now to uh, verse 6, 16. Verse 16 of, uh, that's not Romans, it's. I think it is Romans. Oh, yeah, it is Romans. Okay. Yeah, Romans 5, 16. I All think right, Michelle yeah. picks up there. Okay. Yes. So the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. There again, our spirit, when we, when we believe, our spirit comes to life. It's regenerated. Now, now our spirit is able to communicate with the Holy Spirit. And again, talking back about um, children, how important children are um, to um, our Lord is how he references children in these verses. Yeah, yeah, true. You know, because it, they, they're very important to him. And we become his children even though mm-hmm. we might be 35 when we become saved. Right. We're still yes. his child. Yeah, you're still my little kids. So. <laughs> yes. You might argue with me, but. Uh. <laughs> right. <laughs> and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Does people really understand what an heir of God is and what an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ? An heir is uh, somebody that is a joint heir with with somebody has everything that person has. Mm -hmm. They're equal. They have everything. They possess everything. So they're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That's, That's what we are. We're heirs of God children of God, and we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. It's like a quick so, claim deed. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and when, when, when everything comes under Christ's authority, when the heaven and earth and all this mess is over with, we have everything that Christ has. Not his godliness, we have everything that he possesses. Mm-hmm. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Verse 22, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. 
Yeah, that's that's not only mankind; it's the animals, it's the um, the earth and the stars and the heavens and the everything is moaning and groaning for this glorious time when everything will be made right and sin will be completely gone and we'll be back like it was before the fall and but greater than even that was and not only they but ourselves also which have the fruit first fruits of the spirit even we ourselves groan within ourselves waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body yeah that's our resurrection when when Christ calls out the church the, the rapture for we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth yet he hope for it? But if we hope for that we see not, then we, then do we with patience as we wait for it. Yeah, hope. When he talks about hope, hope is, uh, we translate that into promise. Mm-hmm. It's not hope it doesn't rain today or whatever. Hope is a promise. When you see it here, it's a promise. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth with what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Yeah, but we, we may pray and we may pray amiss or whatever, but the Holy Spirit knows our hearts and he prays in our stead for, for us. So he straightens that prayer out and makes it right. And, and that prayer is for us to be Christ-like and to have the mind of Christ. And the only way we get that is through sound doctrine, studying the word of God, rightly dividing it. And right before we go to break, we'll um, go back to one more thought about um, children and dying, you know, that that do die before they're born. Um, One of our listeners had said, um, smell my hair, had to scroll a little bit. Uh, One of our listeners said, how amazing for those who die in the womb, that when they open their eyes for the very first time, they see Jesus's face. Yeah. So that's a good thought to go into break, and we'll uh, we'll join rejoin Romans when we come back from break. All right. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 14th Street Ministries is a listener-supported ministry. Your donations are most appreciated. You can make donations on our website at 14thstreetministries.com. Our goal is to preach the gospel to a lost and dying world. Our message is to lift the believer, teaching sound doctrine by rightly dividing the word of truth. We are a grace ministry. You can reach out to us by calling 314-243-3779 or by contacting us on the web at 14thstreetministries.com or follow our Facebook page. Look for 14th Street Online Bible Study. 
Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to the radio program, Why Paul? If you'd like to participate in today's program, call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Michael R. Mix at 14thStreetMinistries.com. Now, back to Why Paul? And welcome back. And we're still here. Um, uh, Your host, Michelle Mix. I'm your host, uh, Michael Mix. And I'm your host, Pam Lampton. And we're jumping right back in, and we're at Romans 5. Uh, Now we're down to Romans 8, uh, 30 through 31, 33. I'll read that. Well, maybe read um, Romans uh, or... uh, Yeah, there was some points in between there, but I think it starts with... Yeah, go ahead. Romans 5, 6 through 9. Let me read this. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. So that means while I was a sinner, even though he knew me, he died for me. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet preadventure for a good man some would even dare to, dare to die. But God commendeth his love towards us that in that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. And, and of course, we we'll always remember that we were saved from the wrath of God. So you have the God of love, and then you also have the God of wrath. And we don't want to be under the God of, or the wrath of God. And then Romans, then we're at Romans 8, uh, 30 through 33. Uh, Moreover, when he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. Always remember, uh, people get this mixed up on predestination. The only person that was predestined was Jesus Christ. The only way man gets predestined is to be in Christ. Okay. And what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spareth not his own son, but delivereth him up for all of us, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. It's pretty nice to be the elect, not by anything we've done, but because of Christ. But he calls us elect, right? Mm-hmm. After salvation. After salvation, right. Yeah. Because um, some people will take the predestinate and elect and say that God picks and chooses who's going to be saved and who's not. Mm-hmm. Then he would see, then he wouldn't be a just God. No. See, then, then that degrades God. 
So I don't know how they can say that and and um, feel right about that. Yeah, because you know how we say um, we don't believe in luck. We you know we we get blessings and stuff like that. If if that was the case that he predestinated, then when I said, well, that's just my luck that I didn't get chosen. So then that would apply. Yeah, if you if if that was the case. Yeah, if you go to a to a judge, and before he hears the case, he decides that he's going to hang you, no matter what. See, mm-hmm. that that judge is not a just judge, but see, God is just. So he's not going to predestine a man. He's, but he does predestine Jesus Christ, his son. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then in 1 Corinthians 5, 6 through 8, your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little heaven leaven, leaveneth the whole lump? Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sac- sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with the old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of, of uh, sincere, uh, I can't even say it, sincerity and truth. And when he's talking about that, he's talking about uh, where to take sound doctrine, and they might get tired of me saying that, but you're to take sound doctrine, put it in your conscience, and take out all the bad doctrine and, and re- replace all those ideas and traditions and whatever with sound doctrine and get rid of all the leaven or the bad. Okay. That makes the lump? That makes the lump, yeah. Okay. Let's see, uh, verse 10, Romans 5, 10. My voice. Huh? I said my speaker wasn't on. Oh, wasn't Okay. Well, I was thinking about when we said leaven the whole lump. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a lot of people don't think, don't know what leaven is talking about here. But mm-hmm. I think it's referring to, which I know it's referring to how they used to make bread. And the yeast that they put in the bread would build that bread up. So if you've, if you're, if ever baked, my husband does our baking. He does the, he got a new bread machine. So he has to have the right kind of yeast <laughs> to make the bread rise. So that's what it's talking about. It, a little leaven, a little yeast will make the whole thing rise. So the yeast is the sin that he's referring to here. Yeah, that's why right? we, yeah, that's why we get rid of that and put in sound doctrine because we can believe things that are not um, exactly sin maybe, but we can believe things that are, not, that are contrary to sound doctrine. So you can yeah, take contrary to God's word. Yeah, right. Contrary to where it's placed in God's word. Because you can mm-hmm. go back in the Old Testament and bring up things and try to apply them during this age of grace, and they don't fit in there. So you take those things and you keep building on that instead of sound doctrine, which comes through uh, Paul's epistles from the risen Christ. Okay. Let's see, uh, Romans 5.10. For, for if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, being reconciled, 
we shall be saved by his life. So because he lives, we live. Mm-hmm. Okay, Second Corinthians five eighteen through 20. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given us, or given to us, the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespass unto them, and hath committed unto us the the word of reconciliation." Yeah, that's one of our responsibilities is, is to reconcile men to God. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, and though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Mm-hmm. And um, Colossians one twenty one, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath been reconciled. John fourteen nineteen. Yet a little while the world seeth me no more, but ye see me, because I live, and ye shall live also. That's a guarantee. And that's a good promise. In Colossians 3, 3 through 4, For ye are dead, and your life is hid with in Christ in God. Yeah, we're we're, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized spiritually into Christ, and we're hid in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Yeah, the rapture comes. When the rapture comes, we'll appear with him in glory. Let's see, uh, Romans 5.11. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. And then we go on to uh, sanctification, indwelling sin, and the gospel remedy. Um, that can, how about Romans eight thirteen? Okay, read that, will you? For if ye live after the flesh, flesh ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Very good. Through Adam's sin and death. Because of Adam's sin, we die. Wherefore, I'll read uh, Romans 5, uh, 12 through 14. Wherefore, as, as by one man sin entered in, into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. And then um, in, uh, to add to that, um, we, uh, it's 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty one through 22. For sin by man came death. By man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so even so in Christ 
shall all be made alive. Yeah, Christ was 100% God, and he was 100% man. Through Christ, righteousness, and life. Okay, I'll read uh, Romans 5, 15, and 16, and 17, and 18. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. It's absolutely free. Where through the offense of one man be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift, for the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if, if by one man offense death reign by one, much more they that receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift come upon all men unto justification of life. And when I'm looking back at that, um, I was doing a little bit of homework while you we were uh, reading that. So I counted one, two, three, four, five. Five times in that you had mentioned free gift. So in for five times throughout this gift, he keeps repeating that we get a free gift. And Amen. so with that free gift, that is our faith to receive that gift and accept it without having to do any other works. Yeah, there's no fleshly thing that we can do for our salvation. When Christ died on the cross, it was absolutely perfect for our salvation and perfect and complete. And so if it wasn't important for us to believe that, it wouldn't, he wouldn't say that more than one time. Yeah, because... Throughout just, that, just those little bit of verses. Yeah, because we're reading the inspired us. word of God. Yes, and he, he keeps reminding us that it's a free gift. Yeah, that's right. And at this time time of year, um, you know, when, you know, we're giving gifts, we receive our gifts, um, it, you know, that turns out, uh, like one of our uh, listeners has said, is the first and best Christmas gift ever is this yeah. free gift that we receive. Mm-hmm. Now we have to receive it. Yeah, you, you, have, to, you, have, to, yeah. you have to receive it by faith. And believe it. And it's so simple that uh, a lot of people can't even understand that. And they right. can't believe it because they think man has to work for something. Right. Whereas, like, you know, so even if we put it in today's mind, if I go and I come over, Pam, I come over to visit you, you know, mm-hmm. hey, sis, coming over to visit you. <laughs> um, One I, come and visit, I, I visit and I walk in. If you hand me a gift, what is the very first thing I'm going to think? A I didn't get you anything. Right. Some, that's the most time people think that. <laughs> right. But uh, in this case, I would have to accept that mm-hmm. and just accept that you gave me that gift for free. Yeah, we don't ask. Before I came in the room, I'm going to accept that gift. Yeah, we accept it freely, and it's by Christ's works, but we are saved to work. See? Yes. So what people don't understand, you're saved to work like it's calling us ambassadors. We have something to do. So we want to wish um, for...
from our family, the mixes here. Uh, we want to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas. Um, and uh, do you guys have something parting to say before we go today? Well, we, we, love, we love the listeners and we want them to uh, enjoy the Word of God and understand the Word of God and receive uh, wisdom and knowledge and understanding so they're able to walk the way Christ wants us to walk. Yes. And to walk in the newness of life through Christ Jesus. Absolutely. And it isn't a baby, an infant, newness of life. Just think of a baby. A lot of people have children this time of year. Think of the happiness a child brings into a life. All right. I mean, the greatest thing is their smile. And um, so have a very Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll see you next week. You have been listening to Why Paul. Visit us on the web at 14thStreetMinistries.com and please join Michael R. Mix and Michelle Mix again next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for more thoughts and wisdom. Also, be sure to tell everyone about our program. Get away.